It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And there are a lot of people on the right and some on the left that are concerned about the power big tech has in regulating speech. And of course, Utah lawmakers uh, have looked at this in the past. They continue to look at ways that they might put some kind of regulation uh, on big tech companies, especially as it relates to speech. And as we look at that, as we work that through, uh, it's interesting to note that a uh, federal judge uh, said that a Florida law uh, couldn't do that, couldn't curb social media platforms. And uh, so we're trying to look at what Utah lawmakers are trying to do and how that will take place. And uh, we're very pleased to be joined now by Senator Mike McKell, uh, who says social media companies do have unfair moderation practices. And Senator McKell, uh, we appreciate you joining us on the program. This is a a fascinating and a tricky one uh, for so many, especially as we uh, look at Constitution Day tomorrow and free speech and all of those things. Uh, this is one we really grapple with in our society. Uh, but as you look at this, right. as you look at big tech, uh, how do you see this and what do you see as a path forward? Well, and, and boy, I think you hit it. I think you hit it well. And I'm extremely concerned this week. Wall Street Journal uh, published a fairly scathing report about Facebook and how Facebook has applied different standards to politicians and celebrities and and and, and in a lot of ways standards that were much more beneficial to people in society that are much more popular. So one of the things that as, as we look at the legislation and we did open a bill file in, in the committee and we're going to continue to look at it. One thing I want to make clear is we're not attacking the first amendment. We're not going to tell social media companies in Utah, as far as far as I'm concerned, and I'm, and I'm just one on Capitol Hill, we're not going to tell them what, what they can and can't restrict. But what we do want is good, clean transparency. We want to know very, very directly what that policy looks like, what the appeal process looks like, to make sure the consumer knows in advance. Yeah, and I think, and I think that is the important component to this is, uh, you know, when, we, when often when we talk about free speech, it, it's uh, as if we have this, uh, you know, blanket thing that uh, allows me to say whatever I want to say. Uh, and at the same time, we we have to make sure that we're having a, a level playing field. And so that transparency is so important. Government does have a role in, in regulating business. And I think this is one of those where you can say, OK, I think there is a way right. to do this without infringing on First Amendment rights, uh, but also making sure there is that transparency and accountability. Well, and, and that's the goal. That is the exact goal. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna avoid any problems that we might have with the First Amendment and focus on transparency. And that that is the goal as we move forward. But the good news is we, you know, we had a friendly veto, but after the veto, we got to watch litigation in Florida, Texas passed the bill. Um, the legislative attorneys I work with, they've they've had a chance to evaluate nuggets across the country of what other states are doing. 
And coming into the upcoming legislative session, I think we're going to have a much, much better bill with, with more ideas and more concepts that have been vetted not only through the court, but through attorneys in, in legislatures across the nation. And, and I think we'll have a better a better bill. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to clarify for our listeners. So a, a friendly veto. Uh, so it did pass the House and the Senate, uh, the, the bill that you had put forward in terms of some ways to, to regulate and monitor and have that transparency on tech companies and and uh, speech. And the governor did veto that. Uh, and as a friendly veto, you're you're looking more of how do we make this better? How do we make sure this can uh, withstand the, the constitutionality question? And so what have you learned from some of these other states like Florida, like Texas, uh, that might be helpful as you try to craft something uh, for the state of Utah? Well, I mean, Florida, for example, really focused narrowly on candidates, and and I think that's I think that's troubling. Uh, they they had some bizarre exemptions. I think Disney Disney World was was exempted in in some of the definitions, and they they wanted a bill that I mean here's here's the bottom line. They wanted a bill that looked like it was fairly neutral, but then they had a, a number of carve outs, and I think that's that's something that we want to avoid entirely. And uh, this this is not about political parties. This is not about political candidates. And, and I think the courts have, have been concerned with, with that approach. I think the approach with transparency, I mean, again, as a legislature, we have an ability to regulate contracts and make, make sure contract is fair out in the marketplace in and in adhesive contracts. The bottom line for us is we're, we're going to step in and we're going to find a way to enhance the transparency while avoiding some of the, some of the pitfalls that I think we've seen in other states. I think that the Florida bill was just it was just too far and it focused too much on on candidates and I think that was a problem. Yeah. Now I want to ask you just quickly on the uh the component of all of this. Obviously we take our digital devices everywhere and people can comment from all over the world. Uh how tell me how you're processing in terms of the the state component to this and a state being able to put regulation on big tips big tech firms who aren't in the state of Utah uh, and, of course, have customers and posters and uh, people who chime in on those uh, from around the world. Sure, sure. So with the state of Utah, uh, you, you actually have to have somebody claim a violation. And one of the things we did different, one of the things that I think was was concerning to some of the federal courts, um, creating a private right of action. There were states that created a private right of action. That's not something that we're we're doing in, in the, the legislation that I'm working on. Again, another legislator could, could put that in a bill, but that's certainly not the approach that I'm looking at. But we would have a process where if, if consumers felt strongly, like felt strongly that transparency wasn't being met, the moderation practices were not being fairly applied, that's something that could actually be reviewed by our attorney general. And that was the process we felt most comfortable with. Okay, and then as uh, as we look forward, as we uh, you mentioned, a bill file has been opened on this. Uh, what do you see? Uh, what should we be watching for over the next couple of months uh, before we actually get into that next legislative session? Well, my preference would be to release a bill before the end of the year, so we have a we have a good vetting period, a chance to review it. Right now, our legislative attorneys are reviewing legislation in other states they're reviewing court opinions we're going to we're going to take a deep dive over the next few weeks we we have been looped in with the tech community and and i think that to a certain extent that's been helpful to a certain extent it hasn't Um, one of the things that i think we saw from that wall street journal report about facebook is facebook acknowledged 
some of their clear problems and uh, but but I didn't see what the clear solution was acknowledgement of the problem without a solution and and I hope we can find that I hope we can find that working with the tech community yeah and uh, that is so true acknowledgement without a solution uh, is not really an acknowledgement in the end <laughs> it's a diversion yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and and I think there's been a little diversion at this point, but I, I do think they've come forward in good faith. Mm. I've had a chance to meet with Facebook, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and it, it has been it has been helpful. I, I haven't seen a, a, a really good proposal or a good solution from the tech world, but I, I think they are working to make their interface much easier, moderation policies much more clear, appeal process, processes much more clear, and I, and I think they're working hard to do that. But I, but I don't think we're there yet. Okay, fantastic. Great insight as always, uh, Utah State Senator Mike McKell. A really important piece of legislation and uh, something we'll continue to monitor here as it relates to the First Amendment and uh, how we can have that transparency when it comes to moderating comments uh, in big tech and social media. Thanks to Mike McKell for joining us today. And that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Tomorrow's Constitution Day. Uh, There is a fascinating new piece on the dispatch about how presidents of both political parties have been shredding the Constitution for decades. Chris Steyerwalt, one of our favorites, sat down with us in an extended interview. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.